You're listening to The Worship Review, a podcast which evaluates contemporary Christian music for the good of the church to the glory of God. This podcast is for the whole church to encourage thoughtful engagement with the words, emotions, and ideas in our music. We hope you enjoy this week's episode. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Worship Review, the podcast which charitably but critically examines the songs that we sing in the church, and we are in the midst of a parentheses, a series on Christmas songs. Advent in the midst songs. of a parentheses? Yes. <laughs> like our song for today, actually. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> our song for today that we're evaluating, in fact, is, O Come All Ye Faithful, parentheses, His Name Shall Be, close parentheses, close parentheses by Passion. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about this Christmassy song, and we are going to... Which, incidentally, the video was was filmed in what looked like a churchy building. Not quite a church, but it looked like a mall that was kind of... They thought, oh, this looks enough like a church if we just film it from these... I have a hypothesis on where it was filmed, actually. Okay, uh, we will get to that, I'm sure, at the end. We'll get to some summarizing thoughts at the end of the podcast, including a rating... Uh, and then before that, we will summarize the song and we will talk up through some of the lyrics, which O Come All You Faithful is not a song that Passion wrote. It is an older song. Yes, Tyler? Is it really? I think so. I don't think they came up with this in 2020 <laughs> when they released this. No, it's typically attributed to John Francis Wade, an 18th century Catholic layman and hymnodist and music teacher who, it seems at some point in his life... Um, had to or chose to leave England for France because of uh, persecution of Catholics where he where he was. And he wrote, or it, I shouldn't say he wrote, his name is signed under the earliest manuscripts of this. Uh, the, the earliest one we have available is from 1743. Uh, but he didn't write it in English, of course, because I guess people in the 18th century don't do that, right? They, they, he wrote this hymn in Latin. So we have a, a translation of it. From the Psalter Hymnal Handbook, there are two kind of musical metrical things that are noteworthy about this text. Adeste fidelis, O come all ye faithful. Um, the Psalter Hymnal Handbook says, The text has two unusual features for such a popular hymn. It is unrhymed and has an irregular meter. So I don't know if you noticed that. Until I had read that, I hadn't noticed that it didn't rhyme myself. Oh, or yeah. that the meter was so funny. But they did not write this hymn. Uh, Passion did not write this hymn. But they did write an additional bridge. Oh. Tyler, do we review those additional additions? As such, to uh, those augmented augmentations to songs? Uh, we do. We do? Yes, we do. Oh, wow. We typically, I say typically because we've done a few of these now, we typically will look at what they're saying just as if we were looking at the song as a totally naive robot, uh, which Colin might be, to be honest <laughs> with you. And we evaluate them just like anything else. We also take note, Colin, as this will come into effect later, come into relevance later, we take note of 
omissions. We don't presume that they're intentional, um, unless it seems like they're glaringly obvious. But yeah, we take note of additions and subtractions, and yeah. this song has both. Yeah. Okay. So let's go ahead and get into this, Tyler. Can you just you given a sense of the history of the song? Can you tell us a little bit about what the song is just generally about? Yes, it is calling God's people to come to Bethlehem and praise Jesus. And I don't know, Tyler, right now, I think that's going to be a challenging proposition. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, presuming that international travel is a little bit laxer, yeah. um, it's inviting people to come to uh, Bethlehem to see uh, the Christ child. As, okay, well, as right Jesus now, there are no called. restrictions on time travel, so I think we're okay. Well, that's also true. So we can hop in a time machine yeah. and head back 2,021 years. Um, give or take three. Yeah. Because isn't it... Five years, yeah, it's slightly Isn't off. it the case that yeah. he wasn't born at zero? No, no. So you, there is no zero. You're an expert in yeah, this. Yes, there is no zero. And, um, <laughs> okay. and yes, <laughs> b- born slightly, you know, five five or six BC. Okay. Or as the politically correct say, BCE. Right, before the common era? That's right. Is that right? Yeah. So this song curiously is inviting us to join in the song of praise that the angels sing before God, um, that uh, the people sing to Christ, the Redeemer. Okay, well, let's get into that song. Oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Oh, come, ye We've got, O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye, O come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the king of angels. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Okay, the first thing I'll say is this O interjection seems to have been added purely to keep the number of syllables the same in English as it was in Latin, right? Because adeste fidelis. Yeah, right. Um, there's no O in that. It's not O adeste fidelis. Um, and the faithful are invited to come joyful and triumphant to see the newborn king in Bethlehem. And this is interesting because it's it's presupposing that the people coming are joyful and triumphant, which uh, we are. We know what the birth of Christ means for the salvation of humanity. And this location is specified as Bethlehem, the city, or I should say town, where Christ was born. And this child who is born is a king with authority over heavenly beings, with authority over angels. He's called the king of angels. So we're invited to come and behold this king of angel. Mm -hmm. We're called to come and witness him, to see him. Just as the shepherds were uh, told to uh, go and behold the child. And we are invited to adore him. And he is identified further as Christ, which is the anointed one, the Messiah, the Lord. So the purpose of all of this coming, it's not much ado about nothing. It's actually purposed to adore this newborn king who is Christ the Lord. Okay, so I only have a couple comments on this opening stanza. I was reading it afresh 
And I thought, Born the King of Angels. That's an interesting title for Jesus. I don't know of Scripture saying he's the King of Angels. But then I came upon 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22, where Peter describes Jesus uh, as having gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. So that doesn't say that Jesus is the king of angels there, but I'd say that's pretty well implied. Anyway, it is a, it is ultimately an appropriate title for Christ, considering mm-hmm. what we read in First Peter yeah, 22. God is called the Lord of hosts. We know that when the shepherd, when the shep, when the angel of the Lord appears to the shepherds, there's also a heavenly host that yeah. accompanies him. And so I think it's yeah totally fine. And then the other thing that I thought about this line was, oh, come all ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. And I thought, Man, only in Christ am I those things, because oh, right. uh, <laughs> I am not faithful. Uh, I am not always joyful. I am uh, don't always feel triumphant, right? Often I feel uh, unfaithful and defeated and weary. And But that's the good news know. about Christianity, right? It's yeah. all about what you feel in the moment. <laughs> As, at least according to contemporary <laughs> worship songs that we review on this podcast, that does seem to be the case. Do you as long as that- you feel okay. <laughs> Around the time, I think within two or three months that this came out, the uh, Sovereign Grace people came out with another song. Did you see that? I did. Okay, very well. Well, we well for the listeners, I'll say that one. Do you know that, what it's called, Colin? Uh, oh, come all ye unfaithful. Something like that. Oh, come all you unfaithful. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, these are things. I mean, we we have no fruit of the spirit without the spirit, right? So uh, any joy we might have in this world is transitory and fleeting, and I certainly would be a miserable wretch without without Christ's work. Did you know, Colin, that there's a second verse in the original hymn that is omitted? No, I didn't. How does it go? And in fact, moreover, this second verse seems to be omitted from most modern renditions of this. I did not know this until I looked into the hymn itself, but it's essentially phrases from the Nicene Creed. It's really nice. Why would... Why would you that out? That out? I don't know, but listen to this. This is a second verse, which is lesser known, omitted, but I think very good. God from true God and light from light eternal, born of a virgin to earth. He comes only begotten son of God, the father. Oh, come let us. Nice. So man, really, really nice doctrine yeah. packed in there. I mean, of course, it's from a creed, so you'd expect that, but it's like someone distilled d- even the doctrine which had already been distilled into the creed further into some super potent shot of doctrine. Oh, so, it's a shame that's not there. Yes, but I don't fault them for that because I don't think really anyone no, who would sings know that, that I didn't know that was there. Woe. Woe to us for our <laughs> ignorance. Okay, well, let's get into the Second verse of this version, which I guess would be a third or fourth verse of some older version. Sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation, sing all ye citizens of heaven above. <laughs> glory to God, glory in the highest, O come let us adore him, 
Christ the Lord. Very good, very good. So now we are no longer directing our imperatives strictly at the faithful to come to Bethlehem, but we're directing these. It's kind of remarkable. Uh, we are directing imperatives at angels, Yeah. right? Sing choirs of angels, sing in exultation, all ye citizens of heaven above. And this, to me, uh, smacks of the story of the birth of Christ in the Gospel of Luke. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are other places, too, that I'll talk about. But initially, this is what came t- to my mind, reading uh, chapter 2, verse 8 and following. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. So in the Gospel of Luke, they are praising God and they are saying this. I don't think that means that they're not singing, Mm -hmm. um, but this is directing them to sing praise. And of course, we also have images in uh, in prophecy, like in Isaiah 6, of um, seraphim calling to each other and saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Mm-hmm. And then also later in Revelation, we see plenty of examples of people praising God. So I think this is good. And uh, it, it is right and good to direct each other and even other servants of God that are not human, angels, yeah. to praise him. Yeah, it's biblical. Uh, it's exactly what the angels do in the biblical account as you rightly read for us. It's something the angels will continue to do. So it makes a lot of sense to implore the heavenly host to sing of God's glory. And I, I would just say this too, I didn't say this in the first verse, but I like that each stanza ends with Christ the Lord. We don't just leave Christ as a baby in the manger, but the song really emphasizes Christ's kingship, Christ's lordship, Christ's worthiness, and this is unmissable throughout the lyrics of the song. And then we have some extra words. We worship Christ, the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, oh. <laughs> what? Does she say that really? I don't know. That's what I have okay. in my lyrics. I think I do remember her saying, this is kind of is a this spontaneous speech. Okay, we don't have to cover it if we don't want to. We worship Christ, the Lord. We what? We worship Christ, the Lord. We worship you, Jesus. Oh, oh. Oh, oh. Yeah. All good. Very good. Yeah. We do it's, indeed. It's a, it's merely a description of what's happening yeah. and is good. Yeah. Okay. Then we have another stanza. Hey, Lord, we 
Yes, Lord, we greet thee, born this happy morning. Jesus, to thee be all glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O come, let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, funny that I didn't <laughs> use that word. Yay! Indeed, uh, Colin, yay is used, this particle, which can mean yes, no doubt. But it can also be an affirmative particle expressing the idea of indeed or moreover. So it's it's kind of building on top of something else. Okay. You can say, well, I mean, we can think of uh, even just King James version of Psalm 23, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not yes, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Sure, it's, yeah. Indeed, though I walk through the, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So indeed, Lord, we greet thee. It's interesting that it says born this happy morning. I don't know. I don't know why. I mean, it says that the shepherds were keeping their flocks by night. Yeah. Most of the time people assume that this is happening um, concomitantly or simultaneously with the birth. Uh, And and of course, obviously the wise men are led from the east by a star. So that can't happen during the daytime unless it's a a really bright star like our (laughs) sun. So yeah. Do you think that's persnickety? No, I mean, no, not, I mean, but then again, I'm not the right person to ask because I can be a little persnickety too. I always thought this was weird to sing this on any day other than Christmas because I thought, well, this isn't the day that we're celebrating Christ's birth. So sure. Wait till you hear about the origins of Christmas. Oh my goodness. You're kidding. Well, when Christ was born next to a Christmas tree and lights and Santa Claus was there in the manger, I think, you know. Santa came down the chimney. Yeah, <laughs> in the manger, of course. Yeah. Right. And that's, you know, Mary had the milk and cookies waiting for him. It was, it was perfect. Uh, it must be in a different uh, apocryphal gospel. I've must not be. heard that before. Yeah, I think it's maybe in Gospel of Thomas or something like that. So, so I, you know, I always felt a little bit weird about singing it that way, but I get the persnicketiness that is unique to your own view as well. I like this verse because, again, it emphasizes that the glory belongs to Jesus. So all of these great things are happening. The angels are singing. We're all singing. We're adoring Christ, and it's imploring us to give glory to him. And there's also a reference here to Jesus being the word of the Father, which comes right out of John mm-hmm. chapter 1. Right, you got verse fourteen saying the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. We have seen His glory, glorious of the only Son from the Father, full of grace or truth, grace and truth. Excuse me. So, you know, Word of the Father now in flesh appearing. This is this is John chapter one, which is just a great way to talk about the incarnation of Christ in a way which doesn't just tell the story of Christmas, but yeah. the significance. Yeah, it's not just the cute cattle lowing, exactly. et cetera, but it, that's giving a little bit of history yeah. even to the birth. So talking about things that preceded it as well. That's right. So, I, you know, the song doesn't have that many words in it, but they seem pretty scriptural and, and pretty potent. Mm-hmm. Then we get to this extra business, we might say. Uh, all 
the first bit of extra business is his name shall be Wonderful Counselor, his name shall be Everlasting Father, his name shall be Prince of Peace, Mighty God, his name shall be Emmanuel. Mm. These seem like very unbiblical titles for Christ, right? Yeah, I've never they heard don't these appear before, anywhere especially in not at Christmas no. time, Colin. No, right? This is the this is the prophecy that I think if your church reads one prophecy yeah. in Advent season, it's probably this one. Yeah. Um and it's from Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. It's a prophecy concerning a son who's going to redeem Israel. For those of you British people that are listening and didn't understand what Tyler was referencing, um it's Isaiah. So oh, that, right. the, because they Yeah. When they hear Isaiah, they, they just just flies over the flies head. Flies right like by them. Yeah. When when um, Americans hear one Corinthians and their skin <laughs> crawls, true. and then well, all the Englishmen remember, in the room are like, "Well, it's just you, a, a former president of the United States quoted from one Corinthians, and all these American Christians who were against that particular president were like, "Oh, see, he doesn't know his Bible." And I thought, well, like this is the way the British. Now I don't. I don't think that president, to be fair, was being British. <laughs> I, I do think he didn't know his scripture, yeah. but. Um, you know, there are Probably plenty of from a teleprompter or yeah, something like that. There are that. Pl- plenty of British and Britishish people that would have say would say one Corinthians. It's funny. I until just now I didn't realize that that is simply reading it as it's written. There yeah. are a few words in English or a few uh, expressions where you learn to not trust your eyes, and mm-hmm. books of the Bible that are numbered are like that one. Yeah. It looks like one Chronicles, two Chronicles. Uh, another one is, um, I remember, this is an interesting anecdote that I remember from a child who was learning English as a first language would say, oh, that's dollar 10, meaning $10. Uh, I thought, yeah, why the dollar is he saying sign. that? Yeah. Because he was learning to Precedes read, the and yeah. it's the only unit of measure right. that precedes the number. Yeah. So, uh just interesting tidbit. But yeah, this is Isaiah 9. I'll start in verse 6 for to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. So they're out of order in the in the verse, but, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. And then, of course, we have Emmanuel as well, so mm-hmm. God with us. Yeah, it's nice. Uh, again, I'm happy to see that the additional words, at least for now are just coming straight out of the scripture. It fits well with the rest of the song. I does. Then we get some other additional words. We praise your name forever, which they say a bunch of times. Christ, he is Christ the Lord. We praise your name forever. Christ, he is Christ the Lord. So, pretty simple. Yeah. Good things to do in reflecting upon all of the things that we just read about Christ. And true. And true yeah. things. And we will praise his name forever. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. It's nice that, uh, you know, I always like when songs get reflective like this after they have said some true things. I do think hmm. that's very appropriate, and this song does that well. Okay, well, Tyler, how would you kind of summarize your evaluation of this song? 
Well, I would say this song does a very good job of directing its people to praise Christ and in its addition fleshes out some of the uh, things that we know about Christ and that were prophesied about him. Uh, We know that, for example, um, he will be a prince of peace uh, and is the prince of peace and he upends all earthly measures of accounting for power. Um, And he is identified here. It's important, I think, in this song. He's identified more than simply a savior. He is the mighty God himself. Mm -hmm. He is one with the Father. So, um, it yeah, it's a very, very good song, in my opinion. And I I will say, I am very picky about people modifying old favorites. Yeah, and anybody can go back and listen to our second series of the Worship Review where we looked at Redone Hymns, and we were pretty we were pretty brutal on some of those. Yes, and I will say that's, of course, a personal bias, right? If I were completely naive, I would not have that bias. Yeah. But it is, it is the case that many people will recognize this tune. Many people recognize these words. And so as soon as you start adding them or modifying them, that might rub against people's yeah. preferences. But I don't think that's an issue with this song. What do you think? No, I think the additions are in line. They're very simple. They don't take away from the song and uh, they keep what has been handed down to them largely intact and what was handed down to them didn't need a lot of modification so on the whole i agree with what you said i think this is a pretty good effort yeah i was pleased agreed good job what did you give it for rating tyler i give it five out of five healy buildings okay so this is this is my hypothesis okay I watched the video. They're in this beautiful grand circle, but there are also uh, long walkways leading off yeah. of it. And I thought that is a very strange, that does not look like a church. Yeah. And But the limestone makes you think yes. it's a cathedral or something, right? Apparently it was the last skyscraper, if this is the building, and it looks a lot like I looked up the building. It looks wow. just like the interior. The last skyscraper built during the pre-World War One boom in Atlanta in a neo-Gothic style. And so okay. it has this really nice aesthetic to it. I encourage everyone to look at the music video and see what the inside of this atrium looks like. It looks like it could be a church, a Gothic cathedral or something mm-hmm. like that, except there are some minor things that make it look like it's a place for commerce, yeah. including right behind the band. <laughs> you saw the exact same. There were some words. Yeah. And I looked at the words and I thought, what is it saying? The first thing I saw was H-O blank E-S-T. And it being a Christian song, I thought perhaps they had written Hawk Est for the beginning <laughs> of, uh, in Latin, when sure. when they begin the... Um, yeah, yeah. Well, in any event, I thought they were saying, this is my body. But... Then I looked at it again, and it said safe and honest within, and I thought, what in the world is this sign? And it said the pantry next to it. So I googled safe and honest within the pantry, and it says that this business moved into the Healy building in downtown Atlanta uh, in 2018 or something like that. So this was recorded, I think, inside of that building, hmm. and they just kept the storefronts up for... Uh, flare. They put up a big black curtain so that you couldn't see something, probably another storefront. But. I actually think they wanted to give the impression 
that it was a church, maybe. They oh, wanted yeah. a churchish looking okay. building. I kind of, yeah. I, I, I think so. I, think, I mean, it does have all of the architectural. Yeah. So, in fact, that's a plausible hypothesis. You could imagine someone saying, oh, we need a church. Where are we going to get a cathedral that will let us record a music video? And somebody's like, oh, well, there's the Healy building in downtown Atlanta. We can just rent that out or something. I think it's plausible. Yeah. Yeah. What did you give it? I gave it five out of five unfaithfuls in uh, reference to that Sovereign Grace song. It's funny that within the first two or three minutes, each of us identified what the other person's I know. Uh, rating criterion would be. That is funny. End. Again, we don't talk about this stuff ahead of time. So that's a little bit of magic, I suppose, that must have happened. Some telepathy of some kind. Um, I won't talk in detail about this Sovereign Grace song because who knows, maybe someday we'll review it for a Christmas season in the future. Um, I, I, My first impression was positive. Uh, so like the fir- the opening lines are, oh, come all you unfaithful, come weak and unstable, come know that you are not alone. Oh, come barren and waiting ones, weary of praying, come see what your God has done. Christ is born, Christ is born, Christ is born for you. Oh, come all you the whole song about how actually we're not worthy at all of approaching Christ. The, 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 the original song, of course, implores us to come and approach and behold Christ. And this song is reminding us actually without Christ, we can't approach Christ. Yeah. <laughs> like, and it's, a, um, it's just, a, again, a, a, it just adds significance, I think, to the incarnation. But again, I'll save further thoughts on the song, because oh. it may be if I read through it, I'll have other thoughts. But oh. I know my initial impressions were positive. Okay. I looked, at, I looked at that song. Maybe it will be worthwhile to do that at a later point, yeah. because um, I felt a tension when I read the lyrics okay. to Oh Come All You Unfaithful, especially when I looked at the music video. Okay. But... The tension is, um, how do I put this carefully? This is a very hard point to make. But what I what I want to say is, um, we acknowledge that we do not deserve to approach Christ, and yet we have to make sure that that acknowledgement does not get in the way of the praise that we're offering Christ. And if yeah, you look sure. at "O Come All You Unfaithful," I can see the point that they were trying to making. A large percentage of the song is dedicated to expressing uh, weakness, multifaceted weakness in mm-hmm. the human uh, person, and I would not want that to be a stumbling block to someone who wanted to praise Christ. Now, yeah. they do praise Christ in that song. I am not going to <laughs> knock that song. I, we're not even evaluating yeah, that song. Yeah. 
But that's a much longer conversation that we can have. Well, if we all survive 2020, 2022, excuse me, we did make it through 2020 barely. But if we all survive 2022, we will do that song. Okay. Maybe I looked at it's in the top Christmas 50, special. I think. You're kidding. It is. It's yeah. sung in Un- churches. Unfaithful, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, who knows? Maybe and we'll... I think it, I can understand also the argument. It's nice to uh, shake things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Not, not for the sake of jarring people's minds, but for reminding them yeah. that they are sinners. Yeah. And they do, even in this time where everyone's talking about the advent of Christ, uh, we. We, we do acknowledge that we don't deserve it. Yeah, there's another song that did this with I Have Decided to Follow Jesus. Oh, yeah. And the song goes, I Never Wanted to Follow Jesus. And again, I think I thought it was pretty clever. Uh, anyway, okay. Well, so a perfect five? I give it a five. Uh, this song, this song is not, gets a perfect five. This song is I give not it a five. You give it a five. Yeah, I don't say that the song is perfect. I should say, but I do think it's it's a five. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. Clear biblical imagery, clear biblical references. I mean, it's got good content. It's got Christ. I mean, it's. Yeah. It's a five. I think it's a five. And to all you worship leaders or pastors or anyone who has influence on how churches worship this season, look into adding that second yeah. perspective. Oh my goodness. It's really good. Yeah. And how how clever to work the creed into a song in a way that is fitting. I mean, we already talked about how the the number of syllables per line is uneven in this song. It's done here so well. Kudos to the translator of this mm. of this hymn. And frankly, thanks are due to that translator, because yeah. without that, we would never have heard of this song, probably. Good work. Good work, indeed, whoever you are. So. Wonderful translator. All right. Well, we will see you, or talk to you, or whatever it is we do. Whatever we mean to you. Our sound waves will reach you next yeah. Monday. <laughs> uh, take care. Bye. All right. You've been listening to The Worship Review. Please subscribe to the podcast, leave a comment, or email us at feedback at theworshipreview.com. We accept donations at anchor.fm slash theworshipreview and patreon.com slash theworshipreview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.